from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Man, I sure don't feel like doing this live today. There is nothing. Nothing. That's funny how we always say that's what we want. We want an end of the schedule. And then when it ends, we're like, oh, now what? Well, I want an end to the schedule if they were to do our proper schedule the way you know we see fit because we know what's best. Yeah, but we still have the same issue. That yeah, but that's but that's why I'm, what I'm saying is that's why we want an end right. to the schedule because it would it would give us the schedule we intend. Which I we talked about talking about that, and we'd be more content when next that, week when that happened, right? Um, as opposed to just like it ends with a whimper instead of a bang. Yes, even yeah, exactly, exactly. Now Davis Cup, I guess, is going to serve. As the end. Yeah, I mean, which I still consider ending with a whimper, but... Um, <laughs> That's not... <laughs> what if it was Fed Cup, you sexist? <laughs> I end with a higher pitch. What if uh, they whimper. combine them? That yeah! Would, that would make it better. No, it wouldn't. But it would still it would not. not be a good way to end the season. I like your alternating year idea for that. Yeah, I don't mind them... It, going on at the same time but don't artificially combine them for no particular reason because you want ratings or whatever yeah then it becomes just a labor cup atp cup nonsense well when you said combined i didn't mean i didn't mean where the scores are combined i just meant where they're the same week ah, i see like combined events but still separate competitions kind of like the slams i wouldn't want the best two you know men and the best two women from one country on the same team and then because that wouldn't make any sense. Well, it would, but only for Hotman Cup. They already do it. Um, yeah, I'll, all this nonsense. Once again, it goes back to this. If they were to combine, it would help both. I think it would elevate. In general, this is generally any, right. not just Davis and Fed Cup, but tennis generally. It may elevate both, but the men don't need it. Right. And I feel like the women maybe do, even though men's tennis sucks right now. <laughs> well, they especially don't need it now that the men's is a new, exciting format that people are, you know, jazzed up about. They may not be like that in five years, but right now they want to jump on the bandwagon of what's hot. And of course, if you listen to Nick Kyrgios, the wise, philosophical tennis player on our tour, he says if without team events, the tour is going to die. Well, if that's the case, <laughs> then he's my new favorite player because I've... Years ago, I don't know how many years ago, on this very pod, it might have been with a different host, but I'm sure <laughs> I've also said it with you, is that I do think the if you want to skyrocket the future of tennis all over the world, I think a team format, well, a he, serious, comprehensive team format. Well, he basically implied that it should be the four slams and then everything else team um dominic team <laughs> well because he's not in the slam so he has to be everything else yeah that's a good point um yeah but everything else team based um yeah i mean i don't know how i feel about that i don't feel like 
I feel like tennis is an individual sport. We don't need to change the fundamental. Yeah, well, you know, but but what, part of tennis. It's not like we're putting four on four on one court. <laughs> you're still playing either singles or doubles or both. Yeah, it's just you are combining. That's true. It's still an individual sport when you're playing. Right, just like college. I mean, uh, yeah, I. But I, I I agree with what you're saying to get the mass appeal. Because right now. Well, here, here, let, let me let me just put it to you this way. Right now, all the so-called tennis podcasts out there besides us. I know you didn't know the word, <laughs> but not, let me break I, it to just you. Just last week was the first time I learned there was another one because you told us. That's true. There are a few and their intro songs, if they even have one, <laughs> are nowhere near to the level of ours. Right. But their co-hosts are certainly better. But if uh i mean not now i'm saying before they're all doing wrap-up shows right about now right men's tour women's tour wrap-up shows and we actually in our 38 seconds of prep we did prior to turning on the record button talked about a a wrap-up show and should we even try to tackle that and you your first thought on the matter was well we first we'd have to remember what happened <laughs> i beg i i think it's it, that's close i think we would have to get back to around to caring about remembering <laughs> right what happened because to me it doesn't matter no it doesn't matter everything that's happened outside of the four grand slam tournaments you know it, I mean, think about it like this. The NFL. I don't care what happened in week three. Have you recorded? Are you done watching week three yet? <laughs> I don't care what happened on week three because I know who won the Super Bowl last right. year. Not this right. year, last year. So so all of that I care about getting us to that final event. Then after the final event's done, I don't care about the rest. When it's, is that uh, wrong? No, and not only that, every week is essentially a wrap-up show. So you're basically just rehashing what you've done the whole year. Right. Um, whereas to me, it's more about what is this year going to tell us about next year? That That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. And I'm not saying that needs to be done today, but that's that's the only reason the stuff that happened this year should matter on a topic, in my opinion. And getting and getting away from the team side. So if, if we had a team competition, it, it would be wholly different because we would have a tennis Super Bowl, right. if you will. Um then we could have the sort of, you know, uh, pattern of shows that you would see with any other sport that has a defined season, et cetera. But to me, a wrap-up show is just recounting history, just right. reading who did what and did it, you know. And like you said, I mean, ultimately, a preview show of next year I think would be better. We're not doing one of those either. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'll tell you. The big three are going to win all the Grand Slams. That's my <laughs> prediction. Anybody else? Well, and I will say I have a slight, keyword being slight, interest when I read, you know, we're going to count down our top five matches of the year or our top five players of the year or, you know, top five shots of the year. Yeah, that that To me, that's this, the only uh, thing. This sounds like a top five shot at the other podcast, <laughs> if you ask me. But that's the only thing that makes some excitement over stuff that's already happened. Um, yeah. like I'm all into that NFL 
top 100 show that's going on right now. I know you're such um, a loser. But, uh, but that's all time. Right. If they were to go back and recap the top 100 players of I wouldn't care 2019 at all. or 2018. Right. Who cares? No, and I think at some point we will do a show of greatest players of all time, and we're going to have you in writing with Pete who they Tampers. are. <laughs> As if we didn't already know. But, no, I agree with you. It's like, to me, it's like a best of show on any to me, it's basically a rerun, whether it's live or not. No matter what you put around it, you're talking about old stuff. Yeah. Because every sitcom does that every 50 episodes or 100 episodes, you know, and even if they have the cast sit around and talk about, well, this was a, one of our funniest moments, it's still old stuff. Right. It was a funny moment when I watched it in 87. <laughs> right. So I one, one thing I do have to mention, Mini Corner, I uh -oh. saw online today... And I'm going to give you, if you haven't seen it already, I'm going to like guess. More like a breakfast nook right. than a corner. <laughs> what do you think, and I'm going to give you like three or four guesses because I don't oh, think you're going to get it. The match of the decade was, according to Tennis.com. Which is already out. Yeah. It came out a day or two ago. I'm not going to look on Google. <laughs> is it that stupid Nadal? Is it the, what was that show called? The match oh, uh, of Heard Round the World? What War? was that called? Strokes of Genius. Strokes of Genius. <laughs> So that's a good guess. That wasn't it. Which was the greatest match of all time, so how could that not be it? Yeah, exactly. Wait a second. If it's the greatest of all time, then it would... Uh, the math seems <laughs> But it wasn't indicate, the greatest this decade. The math would seem to indicate... Um, let's see. Male or female? Well, they did both, but I'm talking about the male one, of, of course. course. you are. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you the only clue that you need. It took longer to watch this match than the Strokes of Genius. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. So it didn't matter how good the tennis was. No, apparently not. It only matters <laughs> that by some glitch in the system. I mean, basically, <laughs> the Matrix had a glitch. So if anybody 40 years from now says, man, I'd like to go back and see what the best match was of the 2010s, and then here it is and watch it, they're going to be like, God, Easter tennis was awful so back then. Easter my who? Yeah. So, does, so that follows then that the second greatest match <laughs> of, of the last 10 years was the other match right. that went for two days or whatever. Who was that? Yeah, was Isner Anderson or... Uh, Something like that. I can't remember. So I, so that didn't made, made me not click on the story. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you if they ranked the top five or the top 10. Once I saw what was number one, I was that's like... awful. That list just lost all credibility. Yeah. That's just... But, so if, if that was the best match of 2010 or the 2010s, like I said, then, then no what, match this decade. Well, let's see. Was this it year. the best? It said the best. It said match of the decade. All right. Well, match of the decade. It depends on what your parameters are. <laughs> Longest match of the decade. Then there you go. That's unless it was some kind it. of countdown that I don't know about. And maybe that was just one. But that wouldn't be in my top 10. OK, see, I'm wrong. This is what happens when you jump the gun it's number six yeah but it's, still i wouldn't have that in my top 10 incorrect that is incorrect it's not that one it's not that either you're right but so uh, tennis.com men's match of the decade number six isner defeated mahu 2010 wimbledon six four three six six seven <laughs> seven six and then the this is not a tie break score fifth set everybody knows this 70 games to 68 games that's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard. And they've got the Djokovic-Nadal-Wimbledon final from last year below that at seven. Which one? Djokovic-Nadal from 2018-Wimbledon oh, final Pete's is seven. Sakes. So that match is above. And I will say, the only thing I'll say, 
when that match was happening, it was crazy. Right. It was, I mean, probably the probably more attention than Serena Osaka. I was watching that match on my office computer and day one I mean I was watching Wimbledon in general on my on ESPN probably I'm a, I can't remember I think it was uh you know ESPN 3 back then which is watch ESPN now right and so you you go down and watch a bunch of different matches a bunch, bunch of different courts and I was watching that match day one I was the only one in my office watching that match. <laughs> now, I'm the only tennis coach in my right. athletics department, as you might imagine. And so, but then day two rolls around and people start popping in to check. Hey, have you seen? No, I'm just a tennis coach. Don't worry about it. I don't watch tennis. Uh, and so, but I had people in and out. And on day three, we were all huddled around my computer right. in my office watching. It was mayhem. When in terms of most watched match, maybe ever. And it could have been that. And when I say most watched, I mean, everybody saw a few minutes of that match because you could turn right. it on for three days. Right. I, I do remember I was teaching summer camp. And even back Swimming? then. <laughs> even back then, people didn't respect me enough not to ruin scores for me. I got a text and it said, you know, Isner Mahout just are at 44-43 or something. And I was like, what is this idiot talking about? Like, they're, in a t- <laughs> they're at 44-43 in a tie break? Like, how is that? Like... That's crazy. Like I thought it was a tiebreak score, which right. was, would have been crazy, maybe crazier even. Yeah, that. But yeah, because one point. But yeah. I'm reading it and I'm like, "What is he talking about?" And then I go home and do like I always do. I start from the beginning, and I'm just watching. And they, I think they went to a couple tiebreaks in this in the match, and I'm like, "Well, these aren't anything special." And then of course, when it got to eight, eight, ten, ten, twelve, twelve, then I knew you figured it out. And did you fast forward to that point? Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm probably fast forward every game because they're all 30 love. Once they get to 30 love, I'm like, skip, skip, right. skip. I mean, out of those 138 games, how many of those games would you say were compelling? Like four, The last five. one? <laughs> well, I don't think Isner ever had a break point against him in that whole set. Um, If he did, it was like one or two. Yeah. So I, there was never, I mean, there may have been a couple well, 30 alls. And here's the funniest thing is that Isner at... 69-68 looked as mopey as he did at the beginning of the fifth set. Right. So there's really no difference. He's just... Brr. Well, to me, Mahout looked like the more dominant server of the two, and that's just because of how bad Isner was at returning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, you're like thinking there's no way Mahout could win, which he obviously didn't, but you're thinking Isner's serve versus Mahout serve. And that's all they have left right. in the tank. You're is like, it- how is Mahout going to win this? Right. And he looked as unbreakable as Isner did for that entire time. Now, well, thank God that wasn't number one. We have something. No, that's my number one. <laughs> we have some clarity in our uh, in our reviews to not put that as number one because I'm thinking, yeah, like you said, Strokes of Genius has got to be number one. I mean, that's like almost automatic just because they've done a movie about one match. But was that even in the 2010s? Was that 2009? Uh, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> if if uh, if you want to have, I mean, first of all, 10 years, there there should only be matches involving the big three. Right. Now, it doesn't have to be two of the big three. Right, right. Any of the big three, because any matches that mattered, because I think that matters more, it's not like some challenger, you know, match and, right. you know, 
or Chilich and Shakura U.S. Open final. I mean, that was a fi- Grand Slam final, but it didn't mean anything in the grand scheme of tennis history. And well, hmm. not as much. Not a top ten. Well, but yeah, it could have been. Uh, it certainly could have been because that didn't happen in the first round of uh, right. 25K. I right. mean, so if it was stunning tennis from start to finish. I would I would think almost every match on that list has got to be, well, I was going to say a slam, but I already saw one of the other ones on the list was a Davis Cup match. Um, well, it's just because they, they want people to think Davis Cup matters. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of how, and who they probably who knows what the criteria is. But to me, the number one criteria is the importance of the match. Um, a huge, yeah, for sure. I think I think importance of the match as it relates to the calendar year. So again, not well, the four slams and the boodles are the top level, <laughs> and then after that. Um, yeah, so that matter, and and I guess hmm, Davis Cup, Davis Cup, Davis Cup. I mean, I, I'm not on, saying it couldn't on, happen on paper. I mean, what if you had, what if you had, you know, uh, hmm, what if you had Raonic at 100 percent physically, and he's playing the doll 100 percent physically in the finals. And it's the and it's the third mat, the deciding rubber for for either team, right? And and it's a spectacularly you know close and quality match that well, could because you're talking about you know the evil empire of Spain winning you know they're <laughs> the dominant roster I think, and then you have Canada who I don't they've never won one have they? I don't think so. Not since Davis Cup was done it's skiing. Well, the one they put on here was Del Potro Chilich, 2016. But it doesn't really give the detail. It just gives a score, which was 6-3 in the fifth. I'm assuming it was the final. Uh, Del Potro won. Davis Cup? Yeah, here it was a 2016 Davis Cup final. Del Potro beat Chilich, 6-3 in the fifth. That's their number eight match of the decade. Which I think they've only gotten up to... Oh, the so, seven, I told you, was Djokovic at all. We already is, talked about six. I guess that they haven't gone to top five yet. But yeah, And by the way, also, the last decade is a little... I mean, obviously, we're at the end of a decade, but it's not like anybody... All right, we're all turning pro starting 2000. <laughs> right. So now we go to 09, everybody stops. Up, oh, 2010, everybody starts their pro career in 2010, go. Well, and that only gives you 40 slams to work with, and no offense, but... None of those Nadal winning French Open are, and, are top ten matches, top winning, five matches. Winning an entire <laughs> tournament, right? Not dropping a set, including the finals. Agreed. So top, that should be so bottom. the French Open shouldn't be on that list for men at all. I right? Mean, maybe the one where Warinka beat Djokovic could be on there. Um. Well, yeah. You're, now, so you're looking at thirty, right? Yeah. So you got to choose ten out of thirty slams, and like you said, I mean. That's probably, I mean, there's, that's two out of three that we've read that don't have any big three in them, which is pretty crazy. Absurd. <laughs> well, and they had to pick the, the Mahu one. I, if they would have picked most memorable match, right. and then here are your parameters. Well, and they kind of get out of it by saying match of the decade. It doesn't say best match or you know greatest match. They just say match of the decade. They can kind of... 
Well, if you were to say Use podcast of the decade, it'd be <laughs> this one. And clearly that means best. But yeah, I mean, and, and if you sat down just looking at the match itself, you wouldn't choose Zer Mahout over any match. No. <laughs> no, that was awful. Right. I mean, when you add in all the publicity and the excitement and the The record-breaking. Right. That the, makes it. Broke a record by an absurd amount. Right. Um, yeah, it's. I would have been I I would have been way more impressed by that match if Wimbledon had lights and they played eleven straight hours. <laughs> well, and what was funny is the second day that they started late enough where they couldn't finish. I'm like, you knew the potential because you already saw it on day one. Yeah, but they had to think. I know. At this, you couldn't point, get them out there at eleven a.m. the next day. Yeah. Well, that, that that too, but yeah. And it reminds me that and, and by the way, it's the only match. I said Strokes of Genius had a movie mat out of it. Well, so did that Isner Mahu. Remember, they had that stupid HBO movie with Andy Samberg that uh, all came from that match. So right. I guess you could say that match also <laughs> made a movie. Um, I'll, I'll call that a documentary. Sounds good. <laughs> so again, I mean, I'm starting to lean the other way. The what fact was, that... What was that dumb match called? Seven Days in Hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the fact that a match, a movie came out of a tennis match is pretty amazing. We had even, It's only happened three or four times in history. Even if it was making fun of... Right our match mm. so i guess from that regard it has to be considered part of the top 10 well like you said match of the decade they left it somewhat ambiguous therefore any of their dumb reasoning could have could have you know counted yeah but you've got to assume of the top five four of them are going to be big threes against each other in grand slam finals you would think including even the Federer Djokovic from this year is probably in the top five well, I will I will give tennis.com a little credit. That's at least a better wrap-up show than, you know, re- just recounting. Yeah, let's go through. Let's spend 30 minutes on each slam, and we got our two-hour show yeah, for the year. I guess. But what are you going to do? They got to do something, or they can just sit here and struggle for 30 minutes to talk about nothing like we were doing. <laughs> I guess wrap-up show is probably the smarter option. <laughs> well... We have talked about doing a best of show, but we get, it takes a little longer for us to get enough moments for it. We're still waiting. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. <laughs> enough to fill thirty minutes. Yeah, our best of moments are like grand slams, not including the big three. Few <laughs> and far between is right. what I would say. I mean, all my moments are the best, but you interject and ruin I them do. every I single try to. time. <laughs> but no, I mean. See, there, there I go. go. That's my best. That's my <laughs> best right there. <laughs> but no, I like I said, I think you know, there's a way to do the best stuff that's applicable to now. But like you said, I mean, even any sport you can talk, what happens in the first week of the season, two weeks of the season doesn't apply to the end. It's all about how the people are playing. Like if we go back and look at the Australian Open results, I don't know if that's gonna tell us that much going into Australian Open twenty twenty. Right. As opposed to what's happened the last three months. Well, even that. But I think that's to some degree why a team format would be intriguing because, you know, and I don't know how big they, they couldn't be like college where you have six starters, you know, three dubs, two singles. Well, that's, what I'm, but, that's the only problem I struggle with is the only way you can divide the teams is by country, basically. No, not at all. Well, you're, so you're just talking about Team Federer, Team Nadal, Team Djokovic, Team Murray, and they just get... Well, why would it be Team Federer? 
<laughs> well, I'm I mean, just saying, is that your concept? Well, I would say, uh, I hate to say, oh, God, I hate to use that. We need to do a World Team Tennis wrap-up year-end <laughs> in review, or is it month-end in review? Um, I mean, similarly to that, you know, to World Team Tennis, where you have a, a roster, yeah, but much smaller. I mean, well, I, and I think the the one thing that tennis is missing right now, which to your point, if Federer loses in the third round of the Australian, I don't know if it's 10%, 30%, 60%, some percentage of fans are much less interested in that tournament after that happens. What if all big, all the big three are well, out of tournaments, that's which what I mean. theoretically should start happening <laughs> more and more right. if these awful young players can get their lives together um, but in, in your, 2020. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's even more. So what is tennis going to look like when – Ideally, not ideally. That's I didn't put that the right way. But I mean, you would think it's more realistic that coming in 2020, more of the Grand Slams will finish without any of the big three. Right. What well, has to start happening at some point? It has to. But if you had like a, a team Federer, like you're talking about, well, then all of a sudden, hey, I know that uh, I know this guy because he's on Team Federer, Bautista Agut. I know this, you know, Demon Hour. Well, that Team Federer's got six guys on it. Because of your allegiance to Federer, you've got some. Even if it's lower, you've got some allegiance to the other five on the team. Even if that's not a team event, I'm just saying yeah. you know who they are because of their allegiance with Federer. And you might think, oh, he's on Federer's team. I can, I can go root for him at least. There's some, some, I have some rooting interest after my main guy is gone. So here's, to me, here's what I would do. So if we started a local league, it would be singles, doubles, and singles. And you'd have a two-team roster. That, so when you say... I'm I'm putting these two players out there for week one against you know whoever the all all three matches consist of just those two players yeah but you only play one set for each okay six game regular scoring no nonsense you play best two out of three sets is what it boils down to and you right. have three different you know so doubles one singles and two singles. I don't even care. If and the play. fact that that format has never been done in tennis to me is crazy because it's the most obvious format. Like, this is going a different direction, but USTA, we get so, USTA has so dominated the field and they love to pigeonhole people in singles or doubles. Like, you have right. no opportunity to play both. Well, that's where, theoretically, having, you know, Federer on a team will help you for one-third of that match. Obviously, it doesn't help you for the second singles match. And who knows? If Nadal's the best doubles player in the history of the game, apparently, <laughs> um, you know, then who knows? But I think – and you can do it by zones. You know, you can have different – you know, yeah. almost like Premier League, you know, like uh, soccer where it's – you've got the English teams. But guess what? You know, some of the best players in all of the world play, you know, on, on some of those top teams. And then you've got some of the, you know, other teams in other countries. They have their own. And it's not, you don't have to be from that country to play for it. That's right. just, it'd be like Europe, NFL, and NFL Europe. You don't yeah. have to be from Germany to play for the German. No. You know, what was that team? There was a couple of teams, the the... I don't remember any of the NFL Europe teams. Do you remember any oh, of them? Um, Probably still have games you haven't watched from NFL <laughs> Europe. No, I never watched it, but I do remember there were some crazy 
team names. Found, founded in 1989, NFL Europe. Not bad. Hmm. This is according to... Don't use that as your model of success for the tennis tour. Well, but the difference is that was started by the NFL for the purpose of a farm system, essentially. Right. So they that way they had a bunch of players that didn't make it into the league, but they still had them under contract. They still uh, owned their rights. Um, and so... And they haven't had, haven't had an avenue to keep practicing and... And they improving. had a right to train them and all the rest of it. So, so yeah. So, But um, obviously we're not talking about change any of the four slams those are locked in they're all super successful you know the way they're run is fine but you've got those other you know 44 weeks that you've got to have something appealing to the audience barcelona dragons there you go that sounds intimidating i was gonna say argonauts but i know that's cfl i think september 06 is when they ceased but anyway so you would have you know, so the English Premier League has teams over there, and that league plays with amongst itself, and they they pay players, they have a roster, et cetera. Right. So there could be, you know, a European league. There could be, and, and the ease of, you know, tennis is is I always call us the ten, you know we're the ninjas of sports. We can get in, get out, nobody knows knows we were there. Whereas, you know, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, it's a whole production. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. We can play we can play in an in, a, in an abandoned basketball arena and just <laughs> clear the you know, and just put a court down. Right. And in one court in a in an indoor arena, the whole thing's taken care of. You know, you're done. It's all um so they could have a European league. Right. Where you know, because it, it's not obviously gonna be the size of, you know, English, you know, soccer, obviously, but, and then we'd have a U.S. league. Well, and, and the hardest part is how do you tie that into the tour? You just pay them enough. Well, I mean, but, That's in, it. but I mean, in terms of like rankings Nothing. and seedings, you just make it no. completely separate. You have to compete. Ask Lamar Hunt of <laughs> AFL fame. You have to just compete and, 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 you know, put, I mean, look, world team tennis, well, they don't really compete. That's a bad example. <laughs> But they run their entire thing in July. Right. So you could certainly put it in November and December. Yeah. Or mid-October through the end of November, beginning of December. Because it's not going to start out huge. But if you have enough backers and you pay enough, players will play that instead of playing Labor Cup. So you think the audience for that, let's say it's in November, December, you think the audience for that is greater than like a just a 500 in Hamburg or wherever. Well, first of all, yeah, because the only people that are going to go to Hamburg to see a 500, well, I don't know what are the people Paris, in Hamburg. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know what the Paris 1000, you know. Right. In the well, middle. that's what I'm trying to find the level because I would assume the Masters are pretty profitable. I would think so. Uh, and then we know the Slams are, obviously. I would imagine the 250s and 500s generally are not very 250 profitable. or 250 <laughs> well but what i'm saying is there i think there's a there, i think there'd be a soft spot in the calendar where you could put together you know maybe like a a six team rotation five weeks in multiple regions of the world 
a U.S. one, a European one, a South American one. Yeah. You know, wherever fans, you know, can be found, those are probably certainly probably, I mean, Asia, I would think, not Australia, but Asia, I think would be huge. Um, Well, you could tie Asia and Australia together if you wanted. You could, but then that travel becomes a bit much. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of, you know, four-hour flights or less, you know, like right. flying around Europe, flying around the U.S. Yeah, have Asia and Russia together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then are you at the end of that series? So here's what soccer does. So the English Premier League is the NFL of, you know, soccer in England, right? Right. So their winner, they have a, a next level. Uh, and again, these are, you know, pri- not pri- I mean, yeah, private teams. They're not national teams. Right. You're not playing for your country. Yeah. It's based in England, but you're not, you don't have to be English to be on it. So, although they might have some restrictions on, like, some. You have to at least some, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so if you win that league, you are automatically in the European Football League Championship. So the, the best Against te- who? Spain's league, okay. Italy's so league, they do do France's league, you know, whoever, Bosnia, Herzegovina, I don't know, whoever, I don't know anything <laughs> about any of those other leagues. But, yeah, so those top teams, and it's more than just one team. It depends on, right. you know, like England. How big your league is. Or, well, and how strong it is. Right. So England, the top four go. Uh, Italy, maybe the top four go. I don't know. Some other ones, maybe Belgium only has two or so. I don't know. Um, so, but it doesn't have to go that far. You can just, you know, you can just have. You could just say, if you win your league, you go to the championship weekend. Somewhere. No, you can just be the champion well, not of even your that. league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no, there are no playoffs in English Premier League. I right. Mean, you just finish first. You win. Home that and away. You know, you play them home, play them away. Every, you know, all 19 other teams you play, and you get points, and the point winners at the end are the champions. No, I didn't know that. I knew they didn't. So you could do that with tennis as well and just say, you know, the regular season team, you know, and then, and then I think, I think it would, I think the relegation and promotion model of soccer, at least European soccer, where if you are the bottom three of the Premier League, you drop down to the level below and you're replaced by the three top teams from that level below, they come up. Yeah. And so, a lot of times, the team will go up and go right back down the next year, right? You know, because they're not good enough. But that's a good model. See, that doesn't work here because there's too much money tied up, right? And it didn't come around organically. Uh, we just created the MLS and said, "Here, here's some stadiums. Here's some billionaires. You know, starting teams. We can't take. It'd be like taking the Dallas Cowboys and say, "Yeah, you're not playing for anything anymore.'" Uh, <laughs> because somebody please needs to do that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Jason Garrett needs to get relegated. Um. So, but the relegation model could work as well. And what that does is now you add a whole nother market in, and that's anybody that wants to start a team with three, three or four players max, two only two playing at a time. Boom, you can get in. Yeah, and I think there's, like you said, there's so many gaps in the schedule that could be filled with something. Well, here's the thing: you start with a soft spot in the schedule. And you build its popularity, and you don't have to have the big three. But you, you know, if you have guys like, I mean, look at World Team Tennis. I mean, they don't have the top players, although they do sometimes, and it's absurd the way they do it. It's <laughs> like, 
your your marquee players can only play a certain amount or oh is that right I didn't you can only that. have a certain amount of marquee players on your team I knew that yeah. yeah it's just you know I think doubles is a nice little equalizer for and I don't care about starting out obviously you want to get the best possible players you can but I, who cares you know to me I think if you were to start a league with that format in and out I mean you could again it's got to start organically you got to grow it well, and it's about, it's more about the level being competitive than it is about the, because I don't want Federer versus 612 in the world. Right. You know, that doesn't help. Um, well, if I'm a fan of, you know, the Dallas whoever, then <laughs> I do. No, but I'm saying if that's, if your whole league has only a couple of the top players, that's going to be a big mismatch. Well, yeah, but I, here's if every what, team has one or two top players and it's fine. Yeah. And I think, of course, a salary cap is in order. So that way you're all working with the same peanuts to get, you know, to be able to, you know, you don't want to have, a, you know, like if Mark Cuban started a team in Dallas and I started one in Fort Worth, <laughs> I'm not paying him the same right. Cuban could pay him. So you, you set a salary cap to make sure that the league is on, you know, sound footing as far as equal playing field. Well, and it all goes back to, you can tell this, our primary issue is the scheduling of the tour. I mean, there's just so many, I guarantee you Federer and Nadal between the two of them had eight, six or eight months off this year. Yeah. Cause there's just that many periods where there's no reason for them to play. Well, so listen, if there's no reason for them to play, then make something that is, you know, appealing to them. Well, and what's, and what's the, I'm not, I'm not cheering for Wimbledon. I'm not from the Hamlet of Wimbledon. But I'm from Dallas, and so I don't care what player it is that we have on our roster. If we have a roster on the Dallas team, I'm cheering for the Dallas team. Right. And are you going to take them away from the tour? No. Well, and I know I'm weird in the yes. way I watch football, is that I'll watch any two teams. You but I feel like you're weird. But you're more of the normal, like, if your team's not playing, you're not watching. Maybe if it's two top teams or whatever you no, will. No, I'll watch any team – that affects my team. Okay. So, I mean, Cincinnati is awful at football. And and Cleveland used to be awful at football. I guess they're kind of whatever now. But let's say those two teams are playing each other and it affects, you know, we're in the mix in the in the in the in our division. Then I'll watch those two teams play and I don't like either of them. Or if the if the Cowboys are playing, I mean, put it this way: if Baltimore was coming to Dallas to play Dallas, and and both Pittsburgh and Baltimore were in the mix to win the division, right. I would be at Jerry World <laughs> at the Cowboy Stadium cheering for your awful dumb team. <laughs> but that doesn't even work in tennis, though, because there's no rivalry. I mean, there's like if Nadal beats Federer. I'm not watching the next round and rooting against it all because I'm a big Federer fan. Well, and here's the thing. I don't understand how the mm, – well, hold on. Well, and the reason I say that is remember when Serena was in the U.S. Open semis no. and she lost to Vinci and the finals ticket price went from 2200 to 500 <laughs> Yeah. So it was still a Grand Slam final. So people aren't watching because it's a Grand Slam final. That proved that. Right. So they're watching for their players, either marquee players or their players they like. Or don't like. But the well, team aspect gets gets another reason to watch besides just, oh, I'm watching my one player that I like or my two players that I like. And tennis has been hanging on to that model for so long 
I think you and I both know it's going to collapse because all these players are about to be gone. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, the top four players in the world are going to be gone right, in three years. So no one is cheering for the actual tournament. No one cares. They only care what the tournament re- means relative to their favorite player. Right, no one's going to say, I'm going to Wimbledon. I hope there's an incredible final. Now, maybe I'm weird relative to everyone else as a fan, but I don't have a favorite player. I mean, I want... No, I don't either. I want Americans to do well... And to be quite honest, I don't even know why. Oh, I'll tell you why. <laughs> because being in this business, I've heard forever that nobody res- respects American tennis. And, right. you know, tennis is a European sport or whatever, and we don't know what we're doing, even though we've had the greatest players in the history of the game. Every 10 years, 15 years, we've had a new set of greatest American players ever until now. But, yeah, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Whatever. It's just not popular. Nobody cares. We're, we destroy, you know... We had Pete Sampras, we had McEnroe, Connor, you know, going all all the way back, and we don't know what we're doing. But the reason you're weird, one of the reasons, don't, um, is because you'll watch the final no matter what. Correct. If any two players make the final, you're going to watch, and obviously I do too. But we also do tennis for a living and have a tennis podcast, so that tennis, tennis could do whatever they want to screw up, and we're still going to watch. But those aren't the people that they need. Yeah. Um, so they need the people that they need to have five different reasons for people to watch. And then if two or three of them go away, they still have the other two right now. They've got four reasons to watch Federer and it all joke for Serena. If those four aren't there, here's what here, let, uh, here's the perfect analogy. Of course, it's the perfect analogy <laughs> because I came up with it. Here's what the tennis, here's what the tennis men and women. Here's what the tennis season is. Is it, it's a series of Ariana Grande concerts all over the world. They have nothing to do with each other, but people are going to go to see the spectacle and pay when they're in their town, but none of it matters. That's a pretty good, that it's is a great pretty good analogy. Because when it's in your town, you're excited. This is the greatest town. You're going to go watch it. And then, when you, and then if you went home to watch the next week's Ariana Grande concert, you'd be like, I just saw this. Right. Like, I already saw this last week. Right. And there's no cohesion. And there's a little variation in same the concert. Old, same old like songs. in the tournament. No, nah, not really. Not on the main. Well, I mean a very little. Same old songs. I mean songs. like 10%. <laughs> she, actually, she gets three songs over and over again is right. what she does <laughs> on the men's side. So on the women's side, it's a different song every night. But um, So what you're saying that's is. That's the greatest. That, that's it. We're done. What you're saying is as, done. A, as a traveling show, it's, it's a super popular. Right. Where it goes. But the where, where they are supposed to make the bulk of their money is from TV coverage, and maybe they do. I don't. There's not no here. way. There's no way they do on the on the. Not here. Traveling tournaments. I mean, again, there's other places in the world, believe it or not, that like tennis. I don't know where they are, but. <laughs> yeah, I just. No, I think that's a great analogy, and it's just. And I think there's the reason they're seeing, and by the way, the reason the Labor Cup was so popular, it wasn't because of how they ran the Labor Cup. It was because right. of how they run the rest of the tour, and oh, the Labor Cup was something different than every other week. Right. Like, they could have run the Labor Cup with six singles and one doubles, or all doubles, or all mixed up. It, it would have been Well, because the format, popular. in and of itself, if you were to create a team format that was, let's say the tour said, all right, we're out. We're done. Right. Four, we'll do the four slams every year, and that's it. But we're going to do a team event. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. 
we're going to have a certain amount of points on the first day, but then after the first day, if you're ahead, you get more points, and then the, the points are doubled and then tripled, and then after if you're that, losing, if you, you get to choose the order of the matches. Yeah, yeah. you can wear different colored shoelaces, but then you play. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. That was it's dumb. And a coach can be on the court who's not really a coach, but he just used to play tennis. So we're going to put him out right. there. It's dumb. And and hey, guess what? Bonus points if one of the big three says a bad word. <laughs> and. That's going to be one of the most popular events every year because it's the only event that they do that at, not I'm, because of how amazing it is. I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Professional tennis, as it the the current day to day, not cu- counting the cups, not counting the grand slams, but the day to day concert tour. And by the way, substitute anybody besides Ariana Grande. <laughs> right. I, I I don't know any other pop. I mean, I do, but I I can't recall. Any other pop stars? That one just kind of popped in my head. Taylor Swift. There we go, Taylor Swift. So besides being a, a concert tour, uh, outside of the slams, boring. I'll say it. I'm sorry, or Homer will say it, but I agree with him. <laughs> it's just boring. It's boring. One again, one easy way we've talked about this being fixed is make every minor tournament count toward the bigger tournaments, right? Which it does, but so minutely it doesn't matter. Could we? P- one day, can we please put our schedule down in detail? We will. And then send it to we somebody? We got two months with nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> can we do this for two months? I don't think but so. But even to carry on the analogy, even if Ariana Grande said, okay, this week in my concert, I'm going to perform these four songs, and then next week I'm going to perform these four, and the next week these four, and it's different every week, but then at the last show, I'm going to re- perform all of them. Let me, t- how about this? I got a, an addition, an addendum <laughs> uh, to that uh, analogy. I don't go on YouTube to to watch to look up Ariana Grande do her regular concert. Right. But when I see she did a cover of a Led Zeppelin song during one of her concerts, that's when I go on right. and listen. It's that's Labor Cup. Yeah. That's the Labor Cup. It's it's something totally different, out of the ordinary. Or it, if she's on the Super Bowl halftime show, or if she's on Definitely some crazy. Definitely don't care about that. No, but I mean that's going to get way oh, more right. attention, even though it's the same. It really is. This they're all the same. It's her singing, but it's it, like it's all these guys playing tennis, like you said. I'm We're not changing you, the fundamental format. I'm, I'm just telling you, team format. Mark Cuban, call in. I need a billionaire. <laughs> um, you oh, know, I guarantee you, he wishes he wish he was wishes he was involved in the Labor Cup at this point. Right, but he he can be. We right. can start a league in the U.S., and he can be the Lamar Hunt of the tennis league. And yeah, I'll, I'll be his go-to. Will will be his go-to tennis. And guys. by the way, all he would have to do to make the team amazing or make the league amazing is say, "I've already got the first four teams. You know, Dallas, New York, L.A., and Chicago. And here are the first four players. You know, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Serena. It'd be done. I'm sorry. It, who'd you say? <laughs> If it's a co-ed league. It's not. But, well, there's no fourth player that anybody cares about. <laughs> That's a fair <laughs> Medvedev. point. That's a fair point. But, only because he's mad, he messes with the crowd. But it would be done. I mean, it would be done. You would, I mean, that would be your money right there. It'd be done. You wouldn't have to do anything else. You could have Federer and five no names, and all five no names, Jokic five no names, and Medvedev five no That would all be all you had to do. Yeah. You know, pay those guys five million each. There's your 20 million. Who cares what the rest are getting paid yeah and then you're done and then you're it's team nadal versus team federer and here's where i could see it going well first of all you're not going to start with those people 
No, I know. Because then, first of all, I'll tell you why I don't want to start with those people. Because then it's an exhibition. And I don't want it to be an exhibition. When the Steelers go out and play the Browns and get in a fight with them and get somebody's helmet slammed on their head, the quarterback, that wasn't an exhibition. The reason it happens, aside from they're trying to kill each other physically (laughs) as part of their game, I get it. But also there's a rivalry and it means something. Right. And they played again this weekend. And it meant even more because they had a brawl in the last game. And they're in the same division. They've been playing since 19-whatever. Well, that's the thing. You're not going to – team tennis is never going to equal the slams. No matter what you do, I don't think. I mean – I Okay, so I agree with you. But I do think it can equal even the Masters 1000s. And the the reason I know that is because how many people pull out of a Masters 1000. Right. And why do they have one in Paris in, you know, the middle of dead of winter? Well, and we just saw how important Davis Cup was because you had Nadal who just was injured in the last tournament. He played oh, by the all- way, you forgot to make the <laughs> double quotes there with your fingers uh, when you said injured. But he played all week in the Davis Cup through the final. Right. So if it's team, you know, Dallas versus team LA and it's Nadal and Federer in the final day or the final match of the champion. They're going to care more no, than they do in a Masters. They're not. Well, today. No. Because no. it's too late. Right. But you start with, and uh, listen, it's going to have. Whoever's on your team will care. Yes, ideally. Particularly if there are you know, bonuses associated with winning. You know, you get paid a base salary and travel. Well, and how many players on the tour are struggling to make money right now, too? Yes, that's what I'm getting at. You don't have to go get college players, although that'd be fine, too, if they're, you know, like a Stevie Johnson. When he was first coming out of college, he was a hot new right. commodity. He's going to be the next big. Oh wait, where is he at? <laughs> um, but you know, it you get guys that are top one hundred and fifty in the world, and you pay them enough money. If you're top one hundred in the world, you're not making money. You're not making a lot. Well, no, and if you're getting a hundred thousand dollar contract to be on a tennis team for a month, yeah, you're not. I mean, you're, you're traveling is I mean, traveling is included with any team. You're not paying any expenses. You already got the coach on the team. I mean, you're probably gonna have your private coach too. But yeah, you're not gonna have a coach. You're, but, you have a team manager, like you know, like well, a, yeah. like a baseball manager. It, it you you'll go out and play, and whatever. But yeah, exactly. But your expenses are gonna be lower than traveling to every exotic location on the tour, and staying in the hotels and all that. Right. So that's and it's guaranteed. You go to the you go to. Hamburg, keep using Hamburg, and you lose first round. You made zero. You spent ten thousand, right? And now you got to travel to the next place, you know, in in Russia or whatever it is. You couldn't think of a city in Russia, could you? <laughs> Moscow. Let me help uh, you. Yeah, out. thank you. Um, Saint Petersburg. Is it? Yeah, that's in Russia. Is that in Belarus? <laughs> that's a different country. Uh, but I know Red Russia. Oh, um, but no, it's guaranteed money and that's something that no tennis player has right now and I, that, i'm sure that's part of the appeal of labor cup too oh i gotta go play tennis for this you know five day period and i'm getting paid and it's all just fun three hundred thousand dollars doesn't and, matter if i win or lose right well the difference is i would i would think that you know the money would have to be conditional on your success that way well to does, some degree but it's not in the other sport well, it can be bonuses and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And certain- well, I think bonuses are fine, but I think the 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 penalty for 
sucking is you don't get re-signed the next season. Right. That Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about five-year contracts or because right now they have zero. You know, I'm telling you, it could work. You listen. You can't tell me that number one. You can't tell me there's not a lot of tennis fans in the U.S. There are. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's 17 million tennis players, right? And that's probably a low estimate. And that's well, I think it's it probably doesn't. That's USTA right people. It probably doesn't factor in all the high school tennis players that just kind of, oh, I played tennis for two years in high school. Right. Don't, you know, don't really have a lot of experience. Oh, I guarantee you, if you factor in the people that have played tennis, it's probably $100 million. Um, I, Well, I have played once, you mean? Well, that's a terrible stat. No, not necessarily. I just mean that have played, I'll say for six months or longer at some point in their life. $100 million? What is that? Aren't there 350 in America? Are you kidding me? Uh, one out of every three and a half people hadn't played tennis, you don't think? One hundred million. Yes. I absolutely we could go in this building. There's over a hundred people in this building <laughs> on a regular work day and ask them, and I guarantee you not one out of three. You're insane. I think they have. Well, yeah. not for the six month standard. It's our, it's our first argument. <laughs> we always agree. You're always wrong. Well, maybe I'm I'm I got a false sense because I work at a gym. So everybody I see, oh yeah, I play tennis. Well they're you mean everybody that comes athletic. to your courts to take a lesson <laughs> plays tennis? That is so weird. So, um, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, the point being is is if if they had a league, and, and here's the other beautiful thing, is streaming. It's over. It's over. The right. networks are done. Mm-hmm. And the problem is with a lot of this stuff, Everything's so tied up with the tournaments and the and all the different you know alphabet soups that run the game and all that. If you had a league streaming and that's it, it's over. You don't have you don't need anybody. You and, need and you can watch it anytime. You need the players. You need the venue, and then everything else can be you know you can stream everything live. That's easy. One court, especially one court at a time. And if you're not, if you don't have the very top players, I mean, you could run the matches the second week or the week after a slam because all those players are free. I mean, every player that's not in the top 20 is out after the if first week. If you had week. a roster of five, yeah, you could say, uh, yeah, because it's very unlikely that if you've got players top 50 and in, in out that you could run them on... Thursday, Friday, or really they could be Friday, Saturday. And obviously for, you know, viewers, you're maybe not going to get the most, but at the same time, when the world is most tuned into tennis overall is at the end of a slam. And to me, the end of a slam is kind of dead because it's like you got one match a day, two matches a day, whereas I'm excited about tennis by then. I'd watch it all day if it was still on. Whereas if you ran it that second weekend, all your players are centralized because they were all there for the tournament. So I'm telling you, I've been talking about this for years, and finally, you finally, <laughs> we had nothing enough, nothing going on. But the thing is, nobody will accept the fact that tennis is failing, because they're going to look at the numbers and say, oh, our numbers are up 5% this year, or our viewers are up this, or our attendance at the U.S. Open. Yeah, we know the U.S. Open in failing. We got that. We see every year attendance records broken and all that, but unfortunately, that's two out of 52 weeks. And so Now, the downside, the upside is, I agree with you, and I think you're right. The downside is... We have no evidence whatsoever because we do no research. <laughs> no. But at the same time, the numbers, regardless of your ridiculous $100 million estimate, <laughs> I mean, 100 million, 100 million people, people player estimate in the U.S., 
the USTA stats have been flatlined for years. Right. About 17 to 18 million. And when you're talking about 17 to 18 million, going up by 500,000 or down by 500,000 is not really. No. It doesn't matter over, over time. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Um, and so I, I don't know that it's dead or dying. I just think it's, it's, I think it's stagnant, number one. Well, my anecdotal which, evidence is any player, any, I say player because I'm even tennis players, I ask, hey, did you see Federer's match? Nope. What no. match? Where? Right. Unless it's the U.S. Open. Then, oh, yeah, I watched that last night. Right. Or any slam. So they take those eight weeks out. To me, those are the eight weeks that are untouchable. Can't do anything with those. Maybe the Masters are untouchable. So that's about 20 weeks. You got 32 weeks in there. To me, you could do whatever you want, and it can't get much much worse than it is now. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it's got to start now at this dead period. Right. And grow from there. That's it. It's that simple. And the beautiful part about it is you can do it in basketball arenas, hockey arenas, you know, smaller, you know, lower level AAA or right. whatever they minor league hockey arenas, stuff like that. Where you know they they probably love to have events there, even if it's half full compared to their hockey or whatever. Well, how many basketball stadiums are empty for half the year? Right. I mean, they got concerts and stuff. You mean I'm sure. NBA ones? Right. You mean? Right. Yeah, because I mean they got their season is filled. Yeah. They got forty one home games. So those other three hundred eleven days, or three hundred twenty one days, they got to fill something. Yeah. Three twenty four. Bad You're math. Just making up numbers. Uh, kind of like your hundred million players. I'm gonna find some research on that. Um, but the bottom line is this: is that, it, like I said, I don't. It may not be declining. I don't think it's growing, and so I don't know. It's certainly not booming, and I don't know if it's crumbling and it's going to be dead in in five years. But outside of the slams, some of the one thousands. Boring. It's that simple. Well, and it's just. I don't mind admitting this, and again, tennis enthusiasts won't. There's no reason to watch right now. There's no reason for me to watch tennis the next two months. Right. There's just, I mean, and somebody, the, the people promoting it are going to say, oh, what do you mean? It's great tennis. My friends that are really, oh, it's a great, it was a great match. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it was the best match you've ever seen. It has to mean something or there's no reason to watch it. Right. Exactly. Otherwise, why wouldn't they just film practice sessions? Yeah, if I watch a movie, you know, in a director's house, and he shows it to me, and it's never released. Who cares? Well, it depends on what director. <laughs> I mean, art is different. I mean, for the sake of me, I could have enjoyed it and loved it, but it doesn't mean anything. That's a terrible. <laughs> That's nowhere near as good as my Ariana Grande. No. Taylor true. Swift. I'm going with Taylor Swift. Easier, quicker, less syllables. Um, we haven't solved anything, but I think we scratched the surface of some of the issues. Well, it's who thought we would agree with Nick Curios. Like I said, I don't think... No, no, no. <laughs> he agreed with me. I don't, and I don't think tennis is, like you said, I don't think tennis is dead if you don't do it. I just think it's going to stay like it is. And to me, I'm not satisfied with how tennis is right now. Right. I'm uh, not either. Neither and a lot of people, I feel like, are. Neither is Homer. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the whole point is that I, I, it can just be better. Well, and the reason I'm not satisfied is I know for a fact it will be going downhill soon because the big four are holding it up. Right. Like four legs of a table, and they're going to go out one by one, and the table's going to collapse. There's an analogy. <laughs> He's got it. I got it back. You should have said a chair, though, because, you know, tennis fans are sitting in the chair, will fall <laughs> on the ground. I don't know. Um, good stuff, though. That was a good, good analogy. So I, 
I just see that it, I just see it coming and I feel like there need to be some things done to stop it or it's going to be too late. Cause once people are gone, it's really hard to get them back in anything. There's too many other options now. Well, cause then you get desperate and start doing goofy things with team stuff like, Oh, I don't know. Labor <laughs> cup or ATP cup. Oh, the, well, that's the thing. Labor cup is going to be hurting tennis in four or five years because Feder is going to be playing in that and not the tour. And people are going to care more about Labor Cup than they do the tour, which they probably do. And Nadal is too. Yeah. He's on that. Those guys are going to stay in that and, and beat the guys that are winning on the tour, by the way, <laughs> uh, which is going to be, oh my, here's the number one player in the world against Federer. Oh, Federer won. So, man. I'd, How about that? I'm predicting <laughs> something. If that happens, that could happen. <laughs> totally. Wait a minute. What if the ATP put out a ban on ATP players playing Labor Cup after the big three are retired? Oh, that would be crazy. That, wh- but they have the authority. I mean, they would. They could tell they, all the tournaments if you want to be. And that's where we slide in with our team event <laughs> and watch the Titanic go down. Which they could. I mean, they would basically be strong arm, strong arming the Labor Cup and say, we have to be a part of this or we're no, not going to play. They would strong arm all their tournaments and say, you know. Right. You're not letting anybody in that plays this Labor Cup. Yeah, I think that would be a labor struggle that the players would eventually win. Well, Jimmy, Con- they did it. To Jimmy Connors, he, he, I think he was on pace to win a, a a calendar Grand Slam, and he played World Team Tennis, and so they shut him out <laughs> of the French Open, I believe. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting, but I think if you if you, if the Labor Cup ran with Federer and Nadal and you know, not Djokovic recently, no, re- <laughs> like, we like him, but nobody like. In the in the world of tennis, like something. but it could run with Federer at all, and recently retired players, and probably still get bigger attention than the current whatever crap tournament is going on that week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, it could be Federer at all on one team and Sampras right. Agassi on the other, and probably get bigger more attention than the or like ATP two fifty Sampras Nadal Federer Agassi. Yeah, but you can't because it's by country. No, you, it doesn't matter. Do, <laughs> oh, then they're going to have to change it. You can't have an oldie but a goodie. Know. You know, you got to have an oldie and a goodie and an oldie right. and a goodie. Yeah, they, it's the Labor Cup. They can do whatever they want. They <laughs> made up the rules. You right. Know, you understand. Exactly. So. All right. Well, great. I think we managed to uh, breathe some life into dead tennis during this dead period of uh, of nothingness. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Yeah, happy holidays with that note on tennis. Well, you had a mini corner. You got anything else? That's it. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. That was some good stuff, though. And again, let's let's stick with the company line that Kyrgios agrees with us. Hey. Because we said it first. We can't go away yet. Uh-oh. It is estimated. Oh, my God. Where's the mute you button? Thought mute, you were, you mute. were right. Let me just say you were right. Oh, all right. Let me turn the volume up. Louder. 1.2 billion people play or watch tennis regularly. Of course, that's not in the U.S. What? But. Yeah, of course. 1.2 billion. I didn't doubt your stats worldwide. But that's crazy. That's a lot. But that ex- that would explain why tennis sucks here if we have 17 million out of 1.2 billion. Mm, um, and yeah, according to some study in August in the in U.S., it's 17.9 million. Still. Yeah, that's the August 2019 Tennis Industry Association. It rose. See, this is the stuff that that irritates me. Tennis participation rose one percent to seventeen point nine. Yeah, because more people were born. <laughs> I mean, what do you? I, 
that's like, yeah, what did the population rose 2%? The tennis players rose 1. That means we're down. That's what that's what irritates right, percentage me. Percentage-wise, right. Well, well, the TIA, the Tennis Industry, Industry Association, is a an organization made up of tennis businesses that, you know, are looking to grow the game, not grow the game. No, I think if less people played, but they bought more crap, nobody, the TIA wouldn't care. So they don't want to grow the game. They want to sell more stuff for their manufacturers that are part of the tennis industry association. So they do research and all kinds of different other things, um, initiatives, if you will, to try to, well, and what I was trying to find was how many people have played, not that currently play. And obviously, it wouldn't go from 18 to 100, but... Are you sure? If there's 18 million that play now, there's, it's got to be higher than that for people that have played, because that implies that everybody who has played is still playing. In the history of time. Of their lifespan. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I think they kind of estimate... Because what they do is they base it on sales figures across the manufacturer spectrum. So tennis balls, rackets, string, you know, to estimate. No, right. But what I'm saying is if I have a TV show this week that has 25 million viewers and last week it had 25 million viewers, some of that is if different. It's, if it's your show, all 25 <laughs> million are different. All of them. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about that. It was 25 million. That's a fair. But, because, yeah. But, but, but you wouldn't, if that were the case, if 25 million watched your show week one, realize how awful it was, <laughs> and then a new 25 right. million fell for your commercials. That would obviously be an issue. You wouldn't have 50 million viewers. No, no. Because 25 million are gone forever. They might check back in, you know, next March to see if you're not on the show anymore, but then they see you are and they're done <laughs> No, again. but my 100 million stat is how many have played tennis in their lifetime. Yeah, but that's a useless stat. Because if, nah, if I mean, they played once and like, man, this game is stupid. But I think that's the people they've got to get. That's what I'm saying. I think those 17.9 million you've got, like you've got those people for the most part. If there's a big tennis event, there's something they're going to watch. But that's not enough to sustain a sport for a whole year. Yeah. Um. So that's the only thing I'm saying is that they need to get the people that are enough interested in tennis that they played it at some point. I don't mean played it once. Like I said, I mean played it yeah. for a semester or 10 years and quit or five years and quit, whatever. Those people, if there was some caveat for them to be interested, you could still get them. The people that never play, I don't think you're getting. I mean, there's some people that don't play watch, but you know what I mean. Which always fascinates me, by the way. It does. Both, both sides fascinate me. The ones that play tennis every day and never watch it ever. Right, right. And then the ones that watch it and have never played, which obviously I don't see those as often, but... Yeah, yeah. But every once in a while. So anyway. I was, so I was it. right, but you're still <laughs> speculating I was wrong. Okay. Fair enough. You sound like me. I need a calculator for the world population, 1.2 billion, U.S. population, 17.9. Somebody mathematical. See if we're on point right. with the percentages? No. One-seventh. <laughs> it's about one-seventh for the world pot. Aren't we at 7 billion? I, God, I didn't think we were that high. Yeah, That's scary. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's really sad. That's what I'm saying. The 17.9 is pitiful. Well, so 17. What's 17 times seven? Not 300. No, it's like barely 100. Yeah. So we're below the percentage that the world's at. 119. So that's what I'm. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So 
I'm not going to be satisfied until that number is higher. Plus, there's a lot of countries where they're not even able to play tennis. Here, everybody's able to play tennis, or should be. Right. So we should be higher than No thanks than to the USTA. <laughs> Grow the game. It's not working. No. All right. I was trying to get out of here before you interrupted me with me being right, which you just don't need to do. It's pretty much a given. <laughs> All right. So you know where to find us on Twitter. Actually, no. You really, you know, if you're listening, you know where to find us on your podcast machine. But the way you can share us, there we go, on Twitter at Tennis Rev Pod. Now, why would you go on there? I don't know. But I send out stuff every now and again. And so if I do, please, please, for the love of all things, retweet it, would you? It's not hard. I think it's like two, but I don't retweet anything. But if I were to retweet, it, I know it would be easy. I'm sure you've retweeted something in your life. Yeah, only like controversial nonsense. <laughs> I think That's all anybody retweets. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I think, I think we have one person that retweets us religiously, not religious. I don't want to act like we're a religion. I mean, I'm kind of a podcasting God, but, uh, you know, let's not get into, uh, at jazz Burks, mm-hmm. give him a follow. Cause he's, he's a way bigger fan than you are of this podcast. If cause you, and I mean you, not I, you, I knew what you, you meant. Yeah. Not cause you don't even have Twitter. Not only does he have Twitter. He follows us and retweets us virtually every time. <laughs> He's heroic. You, on the other hand, are the opposite of whatever that is. Uh, you want to go to the next level? Go to Instagram, tennis, at Tennis Revolution Pod. The next level down. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a lateral move. Yeah, okay. A lateral move. Uh, we don't have as many followers, um, but that's all right. More uh, exclusive. And some of them are fake. Not fake, but they like <laughs> well, follow on, me back for like promotional that's purposes. That's on every platform. I know, but still. Um, so go to Instagram for no particular reason. Um, yeah, I don't know why you'd go there. I never take pictures. That's. I'm starting to get the picture, no pun intended. <laughs> Actually, pun intended. That uh, What a dumb idea to be on Instagram and not <laughs> not send out a single picture. It's getting At tedi- some point, that's going to take off. It's getting tedious. Yeah, I think I think we're in a revolutionize the photograph <laughs> app. Everyone's going to take all their pictures down. Yeah, and I think what they're going to do is they're going to go to the podcast app and not listen to podcasts. Probably not make calls on their phone. Right, it's pretty much the case anyway now. But yeah, all right, enough yapping. Oh man, all right. I guess the next episode is going to be an in-depth review of how we're going to put together this league. There you go, with Mark Cuban. As a guest? And how it fits into our 2020 schedule? Ooh. No, nah, I don't want to commit to a 2020 <laughs> schedule because we don't do enough prep no. for anything now, much less something in depth like that. Right. So, all right. So, Mark Cuban, is he, are you going to be able to get him on? Oh, yeah. I'll talk to him at the club and get him out here. <laughs> Did I that sound casual you, enough? I promise you no club that he's a member of would <laughs> let you within 100 yards of it. <laughs> I meant like Sam's Club if he's up there. Oh, I see. If he's getting some bulk pretzels As if he does his own shopping. Yeah, well, he probably shops for his concessions at Mm -hmm. the basketball arena. I'm sure. Basketball slash hockey slash (laughs) tennis arena, maybe. Slash Taylor Swift. All right, well, that's it. Follow us on those things. Spread, retweet, and share all the links and the Facebooks and all the stuff. I mean, Facebook, whatever. Beyond that, I guess. I, (laughs) I have... 
almost 5,000 friends. And again, quote unquote friends. I don't know any of them hardly, but I just friend tennis people. So they'll share it and they're just not doing a good enough job. So if you're on Facebook, first of all, Get, come on, it's almost 2020. Let go of Facebook. But also, if you're on it, <laughs> share all the crap that I put on it for the love of Pete. And uh, it'll help you get through the winter of no tennis having us, right? Definitely. Not a chance. <laughs> all right. That it? That's it. All right. Well, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.